Welcome to the Inspired to Thrive podcast. What happens when a small rural district is no longer limited by the things they can't do and instead supercharges relationships to get things done? Join us for our conversation with Dr. Julie Bush, superintendent of the Maple Elementary School District, to hear more. The Inspired to Thrive podcast, brought to you by the Small School District Association, the California Collaborative for Educational Excellence, and Thrive Public Schools, supporting educators to create greater impact for children. Today, we are talking to Dr. Julie Bush, superintendent of the Maple Elementary School District. Julie, thanks so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. So, Julie, you have really a fascinating school district because I have learned that even though you are quite small, you are mighty in your collaboration with other folks. Start out. Tell us where you located. How many kids are you serving and then we'll dive a little bit deeper into these partnerships. But first things first, where is Maple and how many kids are there in Maple? Maple is located in Kern County in the San Joaquin Valley. And we're located in the um, rural community between two small farming communities of Wasco and Shafter. So northwest of Bakersfield. And I have um, about 300 students. All right. So 300 kids. I know that a lot of the superintendents that I know that lead a small district, district office and school are sort of synonymous in many ways, aren't they? Yes, we are. I'm on the campus with the kids all day, every day. Well, it makes for a fun day, I bet. It does. And when things are hard, you just walk down to the playground <laughs> because it just makes it all worthwhile when you get to see the kids and they come running up to you and they hug you and or you talk to the bigger kids, it, it's much, um, it reminds you why you're there. Yeah, well, I can hear it in your voice, and I bet our listeners can too. So uh, you have done something pretty phenomenal. Now, I know you've been in the Maple School District for eight years, and during this time, you forged a partnership unlike any I've ever seen. Tell our listeners a little bit more about the mighty triad that you have created with your colleagues over in Kern County. So truly it is a joint effort. It's definitely not um, me. It is all of us working together and, and the, the incredible work that we have been able to accomplish is a collaboration between Lost Hills School District, Semi-Tropic School District, and Maple School District. And so what does that mean? So I, I'm leading you a little bit because I know the cool things that you all are doing, but all of you are fairly small, right? Some are a little bigger than Maple. Some are a little smaller. Is that accurate? Yes. Lost Hills is a little bit bigger than we are. They have 500, a little over 500 students and Semi-Tropic is a little bit smaller. They, they have just over 200 yeah. So it, it, with that being the case, in I, I know you're in California and there's a lot of rules about programs that you need to offer. And also just as a great superintendent, there are things that you want to offer your kids, but I bet it's really hard when you only have 250, 200, or even 500 kids. Talk to us about this like triad of, uh, I call it the triad of magic. Is that it? I feel like I should brand that. The triad of magic that uh, you all have in Kern County. How are you dividing the task of better serving kids? Who does what? 
So when we really started out, we have our lead partner agency is Lost Hill School District because to be really honest, it's difficult for a, a district, well, sm difficult for small districts to even write for federal grants. And so we had the opportunity to get funding, but only in collaboration with the other districts because by partnering, we were able to share all of our demographics and, and share our need and then qualify for um, federal funds. So we created a partner agency, and so they are actually the fiscal agent, but by identifying everybody's needs, we were then able to provide what each district needs um, based on the data. And I can share more about that if you'd like. Absolutely. I just am thinking like, you know, I have this fantasy in my head, Julie, that like you guys are just sitting around one day and I'm like, man, if we just teamed up, like we'd be, you know, the, the tres amigos or like the, the superhero triad, you know, t tell us like, how did this partnership start to make you all get uh, emboldened in like the best way possible to write this federal grant and say, you know what, like we're small, but we're mighty. Let's do some things for kids. So I would say the partnership or the relationship started long ago because we we all work together we've all known each other in um, various different entities along the way in our careers or we've been part of when i first got to maple we really continued the work that had started in the west side by having a collaborative of small school district superintendents and then we also have worked on improvement efforts with the support of the county office but one of the, really the driving force is a person who I had met many, many years ago when I was working in expanded learning and he worked with AmeriCorps at the county office and he actually approached us and said, I have the capacity to write this federal grant. I'd like to get the three of you together and I think we can do great work. And so really it was having somebody willing to, to help us. It wasn't just us being amazing. <laughs> but so what is this great work that you're able to do together? Talk us through, like, who, who does what? Like, how do you make it all, how do you make the magic? So it's it really is dependent on the what, what task we're trying to accomplish. But so as Lost Hills, as the fiscal agent, they, of course, do all the federal reporting. We have a company that collects our data. Lost Hills identified the need to start a preschool program. So that's what the biggest component of what they've done through, through this collaborative effort. So my Tropic and I, we really wanted to increase um, support to our students through expanded learning. We also wanted to increase social emotional support. So we have AmeriCorps workers. We've used some of our grant funding for expanded learning. And then we've also worked, I think, pretty unique system that we've developed. So originally we were in construction when, when this all started. So we asked Semi-Tropic, hey, can our kids go to summer school at your school and we'll send staff and we'll send our students, you know, we'll transport them and all of that. Well, since then, well, COVID hit. And so we had to do a couple of um, years virtual or a year virtual. But then last year and then this year, because I have a history in expanded learning, we are doing the program at our school. We're serving our kids and semi-tropic students. We're sharing all of our resources, all of our funding streams, all of our 
teachers. So our teachers are going to work there. Their teachers will work there. I've hired a teacher from outside of any of our districts to actually run our program because she's phenomenal. And I know that I know her for from years past and working with the Boys and Girls Club. And so it's really all of those relationships that you gather along the way are really coming together to provide an incredible opportunity um, for students. And the one other thing I want to add is that we really do share people as well. Um, at one point, we had a social worker that we contracted with, and they really did some days at our school, some days at Semi-Tropic, some days at Lost Hills. And we really had to share all of our resources like that. Because as a small school district, we do not have the capacity or the ability to have our own individual person for each position that we really need. So the title of this podcast, right, is Inspired to Thrive. And that is because at the core of these conversations, we hope that somebody hears something that inspires them to try something new. And it might seem completely impossible and far-fetched to folks that they would have this sort of triad or even dyad uh, relationship with another district sharing services. If somebody would want to do this, where would they even start, Julie? I think for us, it was mostly just having conversations, finding out what people wanted to do, thinking about Instead of looking at all the reasons we can't do things because we're small, really thinking about what our goals are for our students, what our ultimate, ultimate mission and vision is, and then trying to figure out how to make that happen instead of focusing on how difficult it is. So, And we each had different passions that we really wanted to serve, but by having those conversations and then figuring out how we could work together and share our resources and share our people and, and really get creative. And for us, it was, let's just do it. Let's take the plunge. Let's take baby steps. Let's try. Yes, it's going to take time. It's not going to be perfect. There are a million things that could go wrong, but if we don't try, we'll never know. And we definitely won't make any positive progress if we're stuck in looking at all the reasons why it won't work. But it's so interesting, right? Because in my own mind, as a former superintendent principal, I think of like all the, the logistical pieces, right? Like, oh, liability insurance. Like, what about enrollment? What about tracking students? Like, here's all the reasons I can't do. How did you guys walk through that? I just imagine like a giant chart paper and wall of like all the logistical things that could go wrong. How'd you overcome that? Where did you, I'm inspired. Like, Help me get started and go past my angst of there must be a rule that says I'm not allowed to do this. <laughs> so you've heard Michael Funk say, if it doesn't say you can't do it in ed code, then you can. <laughs> Maybe I've lived vicariously um, with that rule all along. I just feel like we've looked for opportunities and we've just done it. So for example, why can't my bus drivers transport your children? Their licensed bus drivers, our buses are looked at by the CHP every month and go through their inspection. And we all have insurance through the same insurance carriers. And, you know, so why can't we do it? Why can't we have your children attend at my school? And we take attendance through our student information system, but we can definitely count the attendance, um, you know, for 
separate out the maple students from the semi-tropic students and know exactly how many students are attending altogether and know how many students are attending from each school. Why can't my teachers work and, and my aides and your teachers and your aides, I can hire them on a short-term contract or I can just hire them for temporary work and pay them because if I just hire them for temporary employees, it doesn't really have any. I did call the insurance carrier and say, hey, I don't have to offer benefits, right? If I just hire them um, for a seasonal or a short term, you know, so it's really looking at the things that could happen, making sure we're not doing anything wrong. But really also, if we are pushed, say, but why not? Why can't this happen? Because if we do this, we do this, we do this, we mitigate all of those issues, then we're going to do it. We're going to try. Because we can be stuck in the compliance part or we can be stuck in all the reasons we can't. But then nobody's going to get served and our students are not going to have opportunities and we're not going to be able to expand their, their learning. I just love it. You just give me chills. I, you're, you're right. Like we can get stuck in the I can't, but why can't we? Like, <laughs> what's the rule against it? I, I really hope that people out there are now thinking like, yeah. I don't think that's a rule that I can't do that. So let's do it. Tell us, like you mentioned a couple of the program. There's a preschool program in the neighboring district. You're doing some summer school, some extended learning stuff. What are some of the other synergies and opportunities that have come out of this relationship? Well, we've also provided a, a really enormous amount of social emotional support for our students through AmeriCorps um, workers and also through social workers. And then I just this year, because we had been getting a different social worker every year and I had an intern at my school site last year and I wanted to hire her. And so I asked her, I said, hey, would you want to come to work for me? And she said, I'd love to. And I said, well, I can't afford you. So I reached out to three other districts and I said, I have a social worker. I want to hire her full time, but, and I can pay for her 50% of her through my grant but I need somebody to pay the other 50% of her. So I have a memorandum of understanding with three other school districts, El Tajon, Elk Hills, and General Shafter. And two of them pay 20% of her salary and one of them pays 10% of her salary. And she works at those schools, two of them one day a week and one of them two days a month. And so I was able to hire a full-time psych who loves working for us and loves working for all of us. And, and then we ha will have consistency in our district. So really it's that building those relationships and then really looking outside to, okay, how can we make this happen? And I think that's a really important piece of what we have been doing. So the social emotional part, we also have recently hired a math coach. We've been working hard to get consistent math coaching and we've had to do various things. So just recently I talked to the grant manager, talked to everybody else. And I said, you know what? I have a sixth grade teacher that is ready to be out of the classroom. I love her, she's amazing, she's a phenomenal, but she really would like something more. And so we just hired her as a, con as a consortium for our math coach for all three of our schools. And, and she's gonna serve all three of us. And then I was able to just put in place actually a student teacher that she had who just finished her credential and so quickly fill my spot. Um, and then we've also have reading coaching. We also have um, referrals to, to mental health services. That's been a part of our part of our work. And really the chronic absenteeism has been a big piece of our work as well. And especially going through COVID and working with all of that. I love it. Lessons to live by from Dr. Julie Bush. Take the word can't out of your vocabulary. Like, yes, you can. And make some relationships along the way so that you can go farther and serve more students. 
Julie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been so inspirational. Thank you for your time. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. And thanks to everyone out there choosing to work in education. The Inspire to Thrive podcast spotlights the great things possible in education and is produced by Thrive Public Schools in partnership with Copernicus Solutions. If you have ideas to share or need support to reimagine education, visit us at www.thriveps.org.